Hey everybody, St. Paul here. Welcome to episode eight of Music on the Run. This week's guest is none other than Victor Wooten, bass player, producer, author, uh, humanist extraordinaire, one of my dear buddies. These next four episodes uh, are very special. We taped them at the NAMM Show, National Association of Music Merchants in Orange County in January of 2020. And they are really, really cool. We were at the Electra Voice booth. They sponsored us and we went out there and had a beautiful set for us. And they really, really provided such a great place to, to, uh, to house the Music on the Run podcast. And wait till you see all this. Now, Victor and I go back probably about 20 some odd years. His family and my family have a lot in common. We're all musical. We, uh, some of us have played with the Steve Miller Band. Uh, Joseph Wooden took over from my brother Ricky uh, when Ricky and I were finished with the Steve Miller Band. And we've been close friends for many, many years. Enjoy this episode of Music on the Run with Victor Wooten. That's next. Before we get started here, do me a favor. Wherever you got this podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you have time and like what you're hearing, make sure you write a review. It really helps us get the word out so we can have a lot more people coming to the party. Welcome, everybody, to the special edition of Music on the Run podcast, live from Nan. Let me hear you. All right. Man, it's so good to be here. So for those of you who are new to Music on the Run podcast, we talk to great artists about how they balance life on the road, how they keep physically fit, mentally fit, how do they keep their relationships intact while they are navigating the road and making a living. Not a lot of people talk about that, and I think it's really important to pass on that information, those tips, those philosophies, to not only people like me and you, but the next generation of artists to come. Sound like a good plan? All right, so without further ado, because we have a limited amount of time with this gentleman, this guy is an old buddy of mine. He changed the face of bass playing. He's a five-time Grammy Award winner. He's a humanist first, a naturalist, an educator, producer, an author. He's a magician. He is. Multi-instrumentalist. He's a business owner, a record company owner. Please welcome my buddy, Victor Lamar Wooten. Uh-oh. I know you're singing the... <laughs> That's funky, boy. How you doing, man? Thanks Saint for being Paul. here. Thanks for having me, St. Paul. Yeah, it's an honor. Know. It's an honor. Oh, well, the honor is all mine. Are you kidding me? You, you know, I was trying... I was talking to my producer, Davity, about this, and I've known you so long, I don't even remember how we met. Do you, do you remember? I don't remember how we met, but I, you know, I knew of you before I, you know, I physically met you. Yeah, I'm one of my. I think I already told you this. One of my favorite records, still to this date, was that family record. Wow, that's, right? that's what an honor. That that's Thank is you. literally one of my all-time favorite records. Well, your so, family and mine are so. Thank you, by the you're way. You're welcome. Um, 
We have a, a, a similar background. Sure. We come from musical families. Yep. And yep. that's, uh, what a blessing that is. Total I, blessing. Total you, blessing. Uh, you said you were born into a band. Right. Very Expound true. on that a little bit, man. Well, I'm the youngest of five musical brothers. And my brothers were already playing when I was born. So Reggie played guitar. Roy, also known as Future Man, yes. with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, plays drums. Rudy, uh, our saxophone player. We lost Rudy too early back in 2010. Right. Sorry about that. But he was known for playing uh, two saxes at a time, even as a kid. Rudy was amazing. Joseph, keyboard player, who you've done some stuff with. Joseph has been... I played with Joseph. Yeah, exactly. funky man. He is. (laughs) He's been with the Steve Miller Band on keys since 1993. And Joseph... So when I was born, they already knew they needed a bass player. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny, but it's true. And it's, it's just amazing. I was born at the right time to the right people. Right. And uh, so I can't remember not playing the bass. But you, you're the youngest, man. Right. How exactly. is it coming in to be the youngest part of such a musical, incredible family like that? Is it the trickle-down theory? or Totally. Okay. Totally. It's, for me, it was like I had six parents. Oh, wow. And not just six parents, but six incredible parents. So my, my mom and dad were just amazing. And now that I... I am a father. I really can see clearly all the things they did for us five boys. But my brothers were already there also. And so they were like extra parents. They're not the kind that pick on me because I'm the youngest. Okay. It's totally the opposite. They would hold me up the highest. And they still do it because I'm the youngest. Like a lot of the things I get credit from came from my brother Reggie or still comes from my brother Reggie. Reggie's the one that deserves the credit. Wow. But he sits in the back and you know I can I, for the rest of this hour I can name musicians that have gone through the Reggie Wooten school or have been touched by some kind of way and he just sits in the back. Wow. And and lets us get all the praise. But when I'm 2 years old, think about this. When right. I'm 2 years old learning to play the bass. My teacher Reggie, the oldest, he's only 10. So he's only eight years older than me. But he's totally advanced by Totally. <laughs> a, a, a totally advanced. We call him the teacher. He's well, the man. Good so, reason, but, right? So how does it, and he also taught Joseph Keys. Okay. So how many 10-year-olds do you know that can take their two-year-old brother and their five-year-old brother and get them to play well enough in a few short years? When I'm five, now we're the opening band for Curtis Mayfield Superfly Tour. I can't tour. believe that. When you were kids, yeah. you open up for yeah. man, the exactly. legend. But that's Reggie. That's all redundant. Did your did, did your parents play? No. So how does this work? <laughs> Reggie came out just playing music. You know that, the, gift, the gift. That should be your next interview, right? Right. I, everybody knows how I did it. I'm born into it. That's pretty easy. Like speaking your first language. Everybody else is doing it. You're included. You do it easily. Right. Music was that way for me. But how Reggie, Roy, and Rudy. Because they're only a year apart from each other. Right. And they kind of started at the same time. How they got it is the real story. It sure is. Yeah. You and I, uh, uh, like I said, it's, it is the trickle-down theory. And we were able to always be surrounded by music. I don't know about right. your household, but I can only imagine that your house was full of music like mine was. Always. So I got, you know, Sister Linda and Billy and Ricky and Patty and Mom, mm-hmm. who was an incredible keyboard player, playing every genre from from bebop to you know rock and roll to funk or yeah. whatever and i'm i was the youngest just sitting back go 
I guess this is what every family does. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. That's similar, right? Exactly. It was just normal. Exactly yeah, it was right. just and normal. You, you say, you had pointed out that you say music is another language. Well, that's, that's the way I look at it. Right. Um, because if you think about what a language does, right, all the rules or the non-rules or, or the characteristics of what a language does, you realize music does the same thing or can do the same thing. Um, and, and I usually say that because I've been asked to become a teacher. I get asked to teach a lot of workshops right. and things. And I wanted to do like Reggie does, make it easy for you. And I realized, at, at the risk of offending anybody, especially teachers, I realized that many of us teach in a way that makes it difficult for people. So how so? Because I, I think this is brilliant, the, the way you've explained this in the past, but people need to hear this. Well, a lot of the times in music, we say that you have to learn a lot of rules first right. before you can play. Mm -hmm. And we accept that. You got to know what note it is before you can learn how to use it. And you got to know scales. That just slows you down. Right? So if you turn it into a language question, think about you have a little baby. Right. And you say, well, I can't talk to you until you learn your alphabet. <laughs> you got to know your vowels, sometimes why. Right. So, right. You know, you got to learn how to spell. And then, then we can talk. And plus, you're a beginner, so I can't talk to you. I'm a professional. You, you know, <laughs> right. You got to talk to other beginners. So you beginners. put in the barriers right away. Right. Or, we okay. do that. We do that. And, and we tell the, the beginners that they're wrong. Like if you're teaching them a C major scale and they play a C sharp, they're wrong. Right. And you, when you're learning rules in the beginning, you're going to be more wrong than you are right. Right. So you're hearing over and over that you're wrong, you're going to quit. That doesn't make it fun at all. Not at all. So think about a baby learning a language. Right. Do they ever know they're a beginner? No. Do you ever mm -mm. tell them you're a beginner? Do you no. make them practice? Here's your <laughs> vowels for today. <laughs> You don't, let, you don't get to learn the whole alphabet. Like We don't teach kids all the notes. You only get to use the ones I tell you. That's right. But in language, you learn all. By the time you've been talking a bunch of years, you start learning the alphabet, you learn them all. We don't say, right. here's the right ones, these are the wrong ones. Like I don't like X. I don't want to use an X that much, but it's still, I have to learn it, right? Right. We don't use Z, Q, and all, but we still learn it. Right. Right. But in music, if we're in a certain key, you got to use these notes. The other ones are wrong. So how do we change the thinking on that as we approach education? From the top down. Okay. So is it more immersion or is it more a philosophy change? How'd you learn to play? Through osmosis, man. My brothers and sisters, they just made me play. Bingo. They didn't make me play. I they, wanted to play. Exactly. Because they were doing it. Right. So you surround a student with people who love it. Right. Put the student in the middle. Don't tell the student that they're a beginner. Do not correct the student when they're wrong. Hmm and just let them play. Is this part of how you uh, uh, conduct the, your, your camps? Absolutely. So tell me a little, so if, for those of you who don't know, Victor is celebrating his 21st year of Wooten Woods, is that correct? Sure, sure, I've run music camps, yeah. Please tell these guys a little bit about uh, what you do down there. Yeah, yeah, the easiest way to find out about it is just to go to my website, victorwooten.com. Or if you want to go directly, uh, well, from the website, my website, you can find the campsite. Or you can go directly there, which is vixcamps.com. But it's V-I-X, camps. So V-I-X-C-A-M-P-S. And you can get to the website. And we run camps uh, April through October, a different camp every month, different topics. We started with just bass players. Okay. 
And here's what Reggie, here's what I learned from Reggie. Reggie is a teacher that can access your strengths really quickly. Even okay. strengths you didn't even know you had. And that's where he starts. Hmm. He starts with what you're already good at. The same way we do with babies learning a language. We don't tell them, well, you're not speaking true English, so I, I can't listen to you or I can't talk to you. Right. We learn the baby's way of communicating. Right? Your parents know what every sound is you make. Right? So we accept their way, right. knowing they're going to learn our way later. So we accept their way as right. So in music, Reggie does the same thing. Whatever sound you can make, He'll put on a drum machine, he'll start playing chords, he'll start singing, and he'll make that sound. Doesn't matter what instrument, what the sound is. He'll provide context to the sound, okay. and all of a sudden you're musical. Doesn't have to be right. Right. Right? Music doesn't have to be right. Music just has to be, or the, the instrument, the sound doesn't have to be right. It just has to be put into a context. Hmm. You know, like my brother Joseph says, you can, you know, you can hit a table, cough, <coughs> whatever. Yeah. Out of context, that doesn't make sense. But put it in the context. Right. All of a sudden, you got <laughs> the got whole a crowd. Yeah. Because you start hearing the context, not the individual note. But we teach individual notes, and they have to be right before we can put them in the context. That's backwards. Right. So you, it yeah. sounds to me like you remove the constraints. As much as possible. Okay. Because the student usually comes to you with some constraints. Okay. That they've already learned. And so the goal is to try some to break deprogramming that in there. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need deprogramming sometimes. We all get in our own heads, don't we? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, especially adults, as we start to pay more attention to what we think others are thinking about us. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Man? It's like, oh, I wonder. I wonder if I played that note right. I know Victor's out there. Oh, darn. Right. And then you get all in that, and, and exactly. you, the head game starts happening, and then you lose right. who you are and why Victor or whomever is there. Bingo. In the first place, they're here to hear you as an individual. Bingo, bingo. Right. And we put that into young students quickly. Oh, right? man. So if you can catch them, like my brothers caught me, before you learned that, the way you, you didn't learn, you were just playing with your family, and they accepted you. Right. So you got good fast. And then you learn the rules later. That's very true. Yeah, you, you talk learn, for years before you learn how to read and write. It's funny. That's exactly right. You just play what you feel, and then you, you figure out what it is that you love to play and what it looks like, either on a piece of paper or a chart sure. or whatever the case may be. Right. I love that way. That Absolutely. Interesting. But that's, so that's why I relate it to a language, because then my approach to music is not a foreign one. True. Right? It's one you already know. And you know that it works. So is it more difficult, you believe, when you because you have adults come down to these camps now, oh, too, Oh, most right? of them are adults, yeah. Oh, they are? Yeah, well, most of our camps are ages 15 and up. Got and it. so we get a lot of adults. When we go, we only do a few camps where we go below age 15. Okay. And we group that age together. You know, because we, we don't, I don't, I don't want to babysit. And that sounds mean. I don't mean it that way. Right. But... We put you through it at our camps, long days, you know, and at a certain age, your attention span is a little bit different. So we put them, that age together. Right. We keep it fun. The classes are shorter. We'll go out in the field and throw boomerangs or whatever fun stuff and then come back and take that energy and put it into the music. Where in an older age group, we still have fun, but the classes are longer. Okay. We do more stuff. We wake up earlier. We stay up late. 
because we know that that older age can take it. So tell me a little bit about, a bit about the location, because I know that's super important to sure. the educational format of it. Absolutely. Um, the location that we have is called Wooten Woods. Right. And it's a 150-acre uh, half-wooded, half-flatlands place on a river. But with the help of past students, some of them are actually in, in the house tonight, they've helped right. us over the years build it. So we have exactly what we want. Cabins, we sleep there. There's a bathhouse. The showers are there. Right. Uh, there's classrooms. We have a full kitchen with an amazing chef. We have a full stage. You know, so everything's there. So we're living together. But the coolest part of it is that we're in the woods. Mm. Right? And No me, distractions? Is that I mean, well, an intentional thing? Or? It's very intentional. Okay. And you know, there's, all, there's always can be distractions, but... There are less distractions. There aren't the, as many of the, the like, this, basically you're immersed in our camp the whole time you are there. You don't right. go back to your hotel at night and put on CNN. Right. You lose the desire to have to, to, to check Facebook. Hmm. Not that Facebook is bad, but there's more interesting things going on. Right. You know, the person sitting next to you is a real friend, not a Facebook friend. You know, and, and so it's almost like you realize what the real world is actually like again. And what the, what the coolest thing is you realize, I fit into this world. Hmm. I can let down my guard. I don't have to be someone I thought I had to be. I can just be me. And we cultivate that. And we have ways that we cultivate that. And that's also a way in for education as well. If you, if you it's really tear down those walls. Paul, it's a way into everything. Right. That's what I found is nature is the key to being natural. We all want to be natural at whatever we do, whatever, whether it's interviewing someone, whether it's playing music, we want to be natural at it. The most natural thing on the planet is nature, well, right? The word how natural. How easy is that? I mean, it's so well, simple. It, it's simple in concept, but we've gotten so far away from it. Right. Right. So we just have to, well, what we do is we put the people in the context of nature. We don't have to tell them that this is what nature is going to do for you. But we put them in the context. We don't tell people how to act at our camp. They just act right. Hmm. You're sitting next to someone who, if you saw them in, in the middle of the night, you might cross the street or whatever. But when we're there together in the woods learning the same thing, it's the same thing at, at a musical concert. When you play, no one's listening to you play wondering who the person standing next to them voted for. Yeah, they don't, Who no cares, cares what your religion is, how much money right. you make, what color of your skin? The music unites us. Thank God we got that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. In a time like this, you are so right. Music unites us. It's, it's powerful. It's really, Ooh. really powerful. So doing music out in nature, even more powerful. Wow. Hey, everybody, let's take a quick break because I want to talk to you about a couple different things. First of all, go over to patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast. That again is www.patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast. And that is where you can partner with us and financially support all the good things we're doing here on music on the run. Of course, there's a lot of incentives for you as well. Number one, you get a lot of behind the scenes footage pictures, and maybe even some merch. I'm sure you can understand it takes a lot to put on these podcasts, and we love doing them, but it always costs money, and we would love to partner with you. So go over to patreon.com 
forward slash music on the run podcast. And we'd love to have you as our partner. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is the company Electro Voice. Electro Voice is a company based here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they specialize in PA speakers and, of course, microphones. They've uh, taken good care of us for many, many years. Uh, prior to me starting Music on the Run podcast, uh, I've endorsed them for a very long time. And I'm actually speaking into one of their mics right now that is a staple in the radio business called an RE320. You know, what's funny is that I actually use this mic a lot on hi-hats and bass cabinets, and it's so versatile. And it's just one of the many, many super high-quality professional microphones that Electrovoice has to offer. Go check them out. You can find them at your favorite music store or just go online at electrovoice.com. Hey, let's get back to that conversation on Music on the Run. Okay, I'm going to take I'm going to steer us away a little bit about that, but I think what's so fun for me to look at you as because you're you're known as a and you are a world-class bassist, but this other side of you the the humanist side of you is so it's got to be equally important to you. No, not equally more important. Yeah, okay. Our parents drilled that into our heads right away. Right. Mom had a quote she would say, "What does the world need with just another good musician?" <laughs> she said, we have plenty. She said, what right. the world needs are good people. Oh, man. So Your it did, mom. It, oh, serious. Now, it didn't mean stop playing music. It just meant that if we're going to put all this effort into it, energy, time, money, right. it should make us better people, and it should make those that come in contact with us better. That's not always the case. But it should be. But it should be. Right. Right. Take me back to the Bella Fleck connection. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit about how that all transpired, sure. how that influenced you, and, and was that the jump start? It was the jump start for the, for the world knowing who I was. Okay. I had been playing music for a long time well, of before. Of course, yeah. That, yeah. My, uh, the quick story is uh, in, in the early 80s, through a bad record deal, all of a sudden the five of us brothers found ourselves not playing together all the time. Oh. And it wasn't a happy time. Right. So a few of them are in New York. A couple of us are home. Another one, you know, the, the record deal just kind of separated us a bit. And, and not, not personally. We still loved each other. But, you know, two of them had to be in New York. Three of us had to be at home. And all I knew was music. So a lot of us, all any of us knew was music. So mm -hmm. a lot of us ended up getting some jobs at an amusement park called Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, really? Virginia. Wow. I was technically too young to work there, but in the, at the last minute, they needed a fiddle player, a bluegrass fiddle player. And my, one of my brothers called me up and said, hey, there's a gig for a fiddle player. You think you could do it? I was like, yeah. Wait That's, a minute. Did, do you play, did you play fiddle? I, I did, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, you can, I don't suggest <laughs> it, but you can find it on YouTube. This guy. You can find a, 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 a video of, of four of us in cowboy hats and Oh, mind away. We got to show that. <laughs> sawing away at it, man. Oh, that's beautiful. But it was through that that I, I met a banjo player who was also in the band. And on the breaks, I would pick around on his banjo. Banjos are tuned very weird. Like a bass is in fourths, guitars mm -hmm. in fourths. Every string on a banjo is tuned at a different interval. So when I'm playing my thumb stuff and tapping stuff on my ban on this my friend's banjo, he right. said, "Man, you sound like Baylor Fleck. You sound just <laughs> like Baylor Fleck." And I'm like, "I sound weird on this instrument. Who plays banjo like this? Right. And who is this guy named Baylor? You know?" But that led me to finding Baylor. 
he, my friend brought in a recording of a band called the New Grass Revival. Mm. Four bluegrass musicians but they're playing Bob Marley. They're playing Spain. They're wow. playing the Beatles. Of course, they're playing bluegrass too, but they're stretching it so much that they didn't call it bluegrass. They called it new grass. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, who is this guy? So the first year I worked at Bush Gardens, every, every uh, usually at an amusement park, they'll have, for every show, they have two casts, two different bands, so that the show can go all day. You play half the day, the other cast plays the other half of the day. Right. So there was a real fiddle player in the other band, the other cast of the Bluegrass Show, Kurt Story. Okay. So we made friends in 81. A few years later, I went to visit him in Nashville, Tennessee. He introduced me to Bela. No kidding. And that's where it started. And Bela and I sat in his living room. I'm sorry, sat in his kitchen and jammed for a couple hours. And, he, and in his head, he was like, this is what I've been looking for. No he invited kidding. me to do a television show. He knew he was going to have this harmonica player also plays piano, Howard Levy. Howard's a bad boy, man. And he Ooh. said, uh, oh, my Howard. Oh. I've never met a, anyone He's like something Howard. else. So uh, Howard Levy. You got to look this guy yeah. up. So anyway, Bela said, I need a drummer. You know any drummers? Of course. Nepotism. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I say, my you, brothers have done that for brother. me. Oh, yeah. man. What, it's funny yeah. about that. Be, and I'm, I'll let you finish the story. But there is something that you want to get those family members involved because you know it's going to be right. Right. And then you can count on them most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Anytime <laughs> really? we play with our family members, it feels so much like at home. Oh, There's a relaxation totally. thing that totally kicks in. Right. Right, so I, having my brother on drums. How good is that? I mean, Roy could, I don't know where Roy is, but he could start a groove right now, and I'll feel it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So in many cases with the Flectones, Roy's on one side of the stage playing drums. I'm on the other. They don't usually do that to bass players and drummers. True. You're next to each other. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't need to be. That's because you he lived be, it. He, exactly. You exactly. lived that groove so, from the time so, you came out. Yeah. That's so true. fortunately, Bela... After a phone call with Roy, he said, this is the guy. Wow. And, he, and we did a television show back in 87, I think. And we thought it was going to be a one-time thing. But here we are 30-something years later, and we're right? still doing it. Yeah. Well, you, that's an incredible story. And, of course, you've done so many different things along the way. But I want to get to what's important about this particular conversation and this podcast, which is music on the run. Sure. You have traveled the world, I don't know, a million times. The important thing for me is how do you balance this life on the road with your life back at home? Sure. How does that work for you? Uh, with help. From? Uh, whoever you can get it from. But for me, my wife. Okay. Right? We, I, now we have four kids. I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to worry if the dog's fed. The, the, you know, the bills are paid, the door's locked. She's ca taking care of all of that to a point where I can relax about it. I don't so have to take up any brain room worrying about that. Okay. I have a beautiful woman who manages my business career, so I don't have to worry about that. I have people around me that allow me to do what I'm good at, which is being creative and musical. Right. So you it's know, the team. It's a team, and that's critical and crucial, right? Because there's a lot of people who get so down in life because they think they're alone, right? There's no problem, no issue that someone hasn't already been through. They haven't been through your shoes, but there's people who can help you with it. We're never alone. 
And it saddens me that you see people that you looks like they have everything, Anthony Bourdain, Robin Williams, and then they, they end their lives because of some, some deficiency. Right. Right. So for me, I utilize people. Not take advantage, but utilize their gifts. Or empower them. It, it will empower them, and in many cases, they're empowering me. Wow, they're, good point. You know, my wife is empowering me by making sure I don't have to worry about home. Got it. Right? It's not that I'm disengaged. I call my kids every day. My son Adam turns 19 today. I've already Happy been birthday. Called, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't have to worry about it. I've got a manager who helps. She's just a friend. I met her sweeping floors at Fodera back in the early 80s. Wow. And we just fostered a friendship. You know, you, if I come to Minneapolis, I'm getting on the phone with you. What's going on? Where can we eat? Can you yeah. come pick me up? Of course. Uh, you know? And that's the thing. We're in this life together. If we were meant to be alone, we'd be the only pe- person here. And we're not. We're meant to do it together. So I utilize help, but I'm also as try to be smart. Right. Okay. How so? We know we need rest. Yeah. We all know we need to eat well. Right. We know that if we drink in excess, it's not going to be good for us. <laughs> if we smoke for too long, it's not going to be healthy. Right. We know that. Yeah. Just got to be strong enough not to do it. And I mean strong enough because you're in a music business hanging around ever people who are doing it. Yeah. You got to be the one Mom said, there's too many people showing you the way down. Somebody got to lead the way up. And that should be you. Right. And for us, we just make sure it's us. I'm not preaching to anyone. Don't smoke, don't drink. I'm not against that. Mm -hmm. I just don't do it. You choose not to. Choose. It's a choice. My brothers chose not to, so I follow them. Do you feel that that... It's finding good food, exercising, But how do you do... Okay. So, for sure, but... Let's break it down to like you're on the road, you're on the bus for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. How do you sleep on the bus? Do you sleep on the bus? I sleep very well. I have the gift of, I could fall asleep right now, Paul. <laughs> well, I think most of the audience know. <laughs> no. Um, but what, are you I, trying to tell me something, Victor? No. <laughs> um, now, this, I don't know how you practice this or where I got it from. I have zero trouble sleeping. Get on Man. a plane, you're sleep. Out. I'm out before we take off. That's called survival. I guess so. But I don't have a problem with that. But some of the stuff needs to be practiced. Even like eating well. Like I I have a sweet tooth. Oh, (laughs) me too. I love it. But I have to be smart, especially at at this age. Yeah. You know, coming from uh, uh, a history of, of people with color in their skin not living that long. Right. Right. Born into high blood pressure. Right. All this kind so of stuff. So you think about that. If you don't, you're in trouble. Right. Right. Don't wait until you're forced to think about it. Right. Right. Because if life forces you, it's not going to usually happen in the way you wish it did. So, yeah, I think about that. But here's the thing again. I have four of the best examples in brothers. Wow. Right. Like literally right now, and nothing wrong with eating meat, nothing at all, I mm-hmm. don't think, but I'm the only one that does in yeah. my brothers. Wow. They are so health conscious. Wow. Two out of mm. three of them left are total vegans. Is that right? Roy and Joseph. I mean, Reggie's a, <laughs> Reggie's a joke. He's so funny. He says, he is a vegetarian, but he says, I'm a vegetarian that doesn't like vegetables. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's true. You don't eat no vegetables. Or eat everything else except meat. 
But, you know, but I learn so much from them. And I use, I count, on, I count on them too. I call them if there's an issue, if there's a question. I had Joe on the phone today asking them about some stuff. But the main thing is to have people, have close people that you can talk to. And don't think that you have to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And you're learning from the good and the bad of it. Right. Right. Well, you're out there and you're, you're, you're running a business. Sure. That's what you're doing. We're all running a business if we're trying to make money playing music, whether we realize it or not. True. But but I'm just, uh, to put it into context, if you're on the road, you're away from your family, you're running a business here, Mm -hmm. you have a record company to run here, you have a family to keep healthy relationships with, you are juggling. Juggling. And you do juggle, don't you? I'm a good juggler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You literally are a good juggler. So... Things that maybe you can pass on to the next generation yeah. or people like me or people who are sitting in the audience. Tips that work for you. Yes. One of the biggest tips that, that I use is a concept that uh, one of our camp students uh, heard me talking about it. And he ended up told, telling me a story, which I won't tell. But it comes down to a, fra- uh, a title that he calls Win the Day. Win the Day. W-I-N. Okay. Meaning be successful at every part of your day. Hmm. And so when I wake up in the morning, I make my bed because I can. Okay. And when I do it, I'm successful. <laughs> it's a good start right? to the day. Absolutely. I start my day every day successful. It's, that's so simple, though. Of course it is. Life isn't made for you to, be, to have to struggle. It's not made for you to have everyday struggle. Hmm. Right. And if you see that a struggle is, life is a struggle, then take care of the things that aren't because that'll make the struggle easier. In other words, if you just, you can basically, you can make success a habit by doing the things you can be successful for. Right. Right? That's, out, when that's how you get up on the side of the bed, though. That's a choice. Well, it, it's always a choice. That's our biggest gift in life or our biggest curse, if you want to call it, is choice. Mm. Because to choose, you have to have something to choose from. So if you like good stuff, you have to have bad stuff to choose from. So both show up. But it's living 24 hours in a day is a long time. People always say, oh, I wish I had more hours. To me, that's a person that's not taking advantage of the hours they do have. So in other words, it causes me to maybe spend less time playing Candy Crush. Less, (laughs) right? Maybe less time on Facebook so that I can get some business done. Right. Right? But when you really live your life with intention and paying attention, you can get a lot done, hmm. right? See, life tells us to sleep a year every three years, right? They'll tell us to be healthy, you have to sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of my day, right? right? That means right. every three years I slept a year. Let me put it this way. I'll do this quickly. This is the way my brother Joseph put it. He said, if I give you 300... Uh, if I gave you 360, no, he says, if I gave you $36,525, $36,525, and I gave it to you cash, but I told you, you're not going to get any more money for the rest of your life. This is it. But I'm going to give it to you right now, 36525 He says, how, if that's what you got, knowing you're not going to get any more, how would you treat that money? And he asked kids this. And they say, oh, man, I would invest it. I would be careful of what I pay, blah, blah, blah. They, basically, they would pay really close attention and do good things with that 
little right. bit of money. But what Joseph will tell you, if you live to be 100, if you live to be 100, that's only 36,525 days. So think about it. 36,525 days, if you live to be 100, a mm. dollar a day, you can't buy a house. You can barely buy a nice car, right? We th and most of us aren't going to live to be 100. Right. right. It's written in the color of my skin. You're not living to be 100, right? So the first few years, you can't even make a decision for yourself, right? So think about the course of this day. If you're going to spend that much if you're going to put that much intention in a, into your dollar, what are you going to put? What intention are you going to put into your day, right? When we spend a lot of it in traffic, first mm. few years we can't make a decision. How much Candy Crush I, how much I worry, right? That's the one, man. Man, what, we, what good we does don't that have, do we us? don't have much. We don't have much time. Right. So make the most of every day is the moral of the story. Whoa, bravo to that, man. Woo. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah. So when you get off the tour bus, are you heading for the bed or are you heading for the gym? It depends on the day. Okay. I'm not a gym person. Okay. Because what do you I, do to, to, to keep in shape with your, I mean, from everything sure. from your body to your chops? Sure. Um, I do most of my exercising in the hotel room. Um, or I bring a jump rope and I'll go outside to get my heart out, okay. heart rate up. I get recognized a lot. Well, of course. And I don't want to be in the gym and having someone wondering how much I can lift or, or, <laughs> the, or seeing the camera on right, you. and seeing how tight <laughs> my legs are. I'm trying to do the splits and, you know, <laughs> ripping my jeans and, you know. Right. I like to do it in the privacy of my room, but I do it. Right. That's the thing. I have to do it. And because I don't go to the gym, I have to find other ways of getting my heart rate up. So I usually travel with a, a jump rope. Right. I can go out at night, side of the hotel. And, and get it going and things like that. But the main thing is to take care of yourself, take care of your life, and make the most of every moment as well as every relationship. Absolutely. Uh, so let me ask you, what's next for you? And wow, yeah. Fun. You just came up with something really cool that I saw on Facebook, and that's the 360 immersion thing oh, my with goodness. Steve. Yeah. Yeah, with Steve Bailey. Yeah. yeah through, Tell me a little bit about what sure, that's all about. Sure, through, through Berkeley College of Music, I get to teach at Berkeley College of Music every month, for, okay. uh, Monday through Friday, every month. They uh, have acquired some kind of way the old Avatar Power Station studio in New York. Right. So they, um, through that, we, Steve and I went up there, and they have this video thing. It's a big camera, a round camera with about 28 cameras, 360 around, mm. and we shot a video. And so Steve and I like to improvise music. So we just improvise the tune, the two of us, and then we listen to it and we say, oh, we should, we should come in here with another part. So if we stood in this place during the first video shoot, we have to stand in a different place. So you see, while you see us playing, then you see us on the side walk in and we start playing harmony along. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then when you see, wait a minute, they're sitting on the couch in the back. And while <laughs> we're doing, I walk up to the drums, now I'm playing the drums, All then right. we come in over here. And so this whole 360 video that just got put on YouTube. And so with your phone, you can look at the video and you can literally turn on 360 and see all the things that's going on. But the coolest part to me is that the audio changes. If you're looking at Steve in front, when you turn to the, your left and look at me, now Steve's in your right ear. You know, the audio's panning too. It's just amazing, the technology these days. That's crazy. And yeah. to use it for music is so much fun too. It's very, very cool, very, very cool. But, I, you know, I got to write uh, my second 
concerto for electric bass and orchestra. Did you? I got asked to write it by a, 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 a um, what they call it's a, it's a symphony in Chicago, the Chicago Symphonetta. Wow. And I wrote one before, but I did it. Uh, I co-wrote it with a wonderful woman named Connie, Connie Ellisor in Nashville. Okay. But this one I did from the ground up by myself, and so much fun. You know, the process of creating, writing music. Didn't freak you out at all? No, no, Really? No, How do you get past the freak-out stage? <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't, don't have one, though. I, I, well, I didn't there. I could share a freak-out story, but I, the thing is, the freak-out doesn't have to kill you. Okay. So because you go that's... through it, you know? You just deal with it. But right. you also look at that thing honestly. What am I freaking out about? I might mess up. So what? So what? Right. right? I might write a bad piece of music. So what? So what? You know? <laughs> and when you really analyze what you're freaking out about, you realize there's no need to freak out. Well, you let yourself off the hook then. Sure. Just like you sure. allow yourself to become, be human. Right. And I just and say, okay, it might be bad. All right, check that off the list. Right? right. Next. They may not like it. Check that off the list. Right. But the truth of the matter is they asked me to do it. How cool is that? Let's, let's go with that. So that's like the next... Uh, the next project, the next level. Sure. You, I mean, you're always creating, doing fun stuff like that. Yeah, and because of the people around me, they allow me to do it. But creating to me is fun, not the finished product. It's the, the middle part, the creating, the, the journey. Oh, I just love it. I love it so I know. Much. I, it's written all over your face, yeah. man. I mean, it, you have to understand, man, this guy is so generous in spirit, so generous in his music, his approach, his willingness to come here and talk to y'all and talk to me. Um, it's just so much fun to talk with you. Will you do me a favor and tell sure. everybody where they can get this, whoa, great Victor Wooten swag that I'm wearing? <laughs> That's a nice shirt, man. Well, I, Comes I like in two that colors. shirt. Yeah. I like that shirt. Um, yeah, victorwooten.com. Click on the merch store, and there's all sorts of things there, music, books, Okay. Oh, I'm coming out with a sequel to the music lesson. Oh, great! It's a man. second book called "The Spirit of Music." Hopefully, we'll make it out this year. Um, but you can see all the fun things that I'm doing. Okay. Um, and just you know, it's a fun website and all the things that are coming up. My touring schedule, my camp schedule—it's right. all there. And you're and, at the yeah. camp all the time. You don't just phone that in. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I do not leave. I'm coming one of these years, man. Would you come this Would, year? Please. We do camps from April through October, so we can find a time that hopefully works in your schedule. I would be beyond honored to come and Let's hang do with it. you guys. You talked on. about Sinbad. Sinbad's been there. Yeah. And uh, a lot of fun people will yeah. will come. But Sinbad came as a student, believe it or not. Oh, did he really? He he's funny student. like that, man. No. He, he really is a student he's, of that. No, he's, people don't know. You just think he's funny, and he is. He is. But he is a student. He's also a history book. Is that right? He knows so much about music and about history. He's amazing, amazing guy. Sinbad. Well, I know we have to, uh, to wrap things up here, but as, as a gift, we're, by the way, we're sitting here at the NAM show, the National Association of Music Merchants, in Anaheim, California, in front of a live audience. Yeah. And we're in the Electro Voice booth. And Electro Voice is so uh, gracious to, to host us here. And they want to gift you with this microphone. It's an RE. Whoa. Whoa. Don't really drop it. Slippery, Don't drop slippery, it. slippery <laughs> RE 320. Wow. And this is uh, from nice. us to you, man. Thank really? you for your time. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's a great mic, by the way. It is a great mic. Victor Wooten, everybody, this is Music on the yeah. Run. My name is St. Paul Peterson. Thank you so much for joining us here at this live audience here at the NAMM Show.
We'll catch you next time. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Victor. Music on the Run was hosted by yours truly, St. Paul Peterson, recorded and produced by Davide Razo, video editing by Ivan Sebastianov. A very special thanks to the patrons who financially support this podcast. And remember, I only need eight more arms so I can almost sound like Victor Wooten. <laughs>